Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you The Seminarians, a dialogue with students from the Pontifical College Josephinum, produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire vocations to the religious life. And now, The Seminarians. Welcome to The Seminarians Show. I'm Brian Smith from the Diocese of Youngstown. Joining me in the studio is Jacob Stinnett from the Diocese of Columbus. Let us begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, you call all of us to know you and to love you. And in your church, you call all the members of this church to know their vocation in this life. As we learn about the vocation story of Jacob today, help us all to become more attuned to the ways that you are calling us in our lives. We pray together the words that our Lord Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So today we will be talking about Jacob's vocation story. Um, Jacob, you are a native of the Columbus area, right? That's correct. Studying now for the Diocese of Columbus at the Pontifical College Josephinum. Um, You've been at the Josephinum for how many years now? This is my sixth year at the Josephinum. So I did three years in the college program, and now I'm in my third year in the theology program at the Josephinum. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. And third year in theology means that you're getting close to the end. Um, and you're hoping that at the end of this year, something important will happen, right? That's correct. God willing, um, Bishop Brennan will call me to the Order of the Diaconate here in May. Uh, so it's coming up soon. Um, so I ask for all the prayers of the listeners as we get closer and closer to this very important date. Um, and your date is coming up also, Brian, since you're a mm-hmm. classmate of mine in Third Theology. That's right. Those prayers are very important. And the, the date is definitely coming quickly. Um, today we're looking back a little bit about not just your time in seminary, but especially the time before seminary and the time throughout your life that led you to enter formation for the priesthood. Right. So I, let's begin with you know your family life, your life at home. What can you tell us about your childhood and the ways in, you know, in your childhood that you saw your vocation you know, blossoming? Where you're, you're from where exactly? Sure. I grew up in Immaculate Conception Parish in Clintonville here in Columbus. Um, our family's been uh, attending there my entire life. I was baptized there, made my first communion there, was confirmed there, um, all the sacraments. Um, so we were always you know, good Catholics. We went to Mass every Sunday. We're involved in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, my pastor was uh, Monsignor Massimi, who is uh, just a very loving, happy priest. He's a little bit. He was a little bit older when he was at the parish, um, which is fine and great. We need priests of all ages to mm-hmm. uh, to minister in the church. But as a young Catholic, you know, five, six, seven, seeing that, you know, an older priest, it, nothing ever really clicked in my mind as to, oh, that's something that someone my age would do or someone younger like me would do. That's right. Something you do later in life, maybe. 
um, which some people are called to that, and that's great. Um, but my eighth grade year was kind of the year when I guess I kind of came into the Catholicism on my own. Like, I made it my own. It wasn't just, here's our family, we go to Mass on Sunday, mm-hmm. that's just what we do. Um, it was, why do we do this? Why is this important to me? Do you remember anything about your eighth grade year that kind of pushed you to take that step to mature in that way? Sure. There were several things. It was a very um, full year. So that year we had a seminarian who was on pastoral year at my parish Mm. with us the whole year, now Father Ty Thompson. um, And he was great at being involved with our class, present in the school, just that younger presence. So you, you were starting to see the priesthood and, you know, seminarians in a new light. Because of the age difference and just a different approach, perhaps. Yeah, and that's also the first memory that I have of encountering a seminarian. I'm Mm. sure I had met some previously, but the word didn't mean anything to me Mm -hmm. um, at that time. So it was kind of, whoa, here's this new concept. What's going on here? Okay, there's this young guy. He's dressed like a priest. He cares about the church. He loves the church. He loves God. Oh, this is something that I should be paying more attention to Mm -hmm. in my life. So his witness throughout that whole year was wonderful. Um, but there was a particular moment towards the end of the year where his witness really uh, solidified and really shined uh, in our class, in the whole community. One of my classmates throughout grade school, um, Seth Jenkins, he had leukemia in second grade. Um, and he had been fighting it all through uh, grade school and middle school. Mm-hmm. And in the eighth grade, it came back after he had um, been cleared, and it came back hard, and he actually passed away during mm. that eighth grade year. So that oh. was kind of a, you know, this, that's when the life questions sort of hit you all at once. Sure. Whoa, why does this happen? What's going on? Where is God present in all of this? Mm-hmm. Especially with a friend like that. Right, yeah. exactly. And uh, Father Thompson, then seminarian Thompson, was very present with us. He hung out with us, prayed with us. Um, and it was such a powerful witness of all the good that he was doing and bringing God into the situation. And you were really seeing in that moment um, what it means to accompany someone else through not only their journey of faith, but through the trials of life, which is exactly. an important part of what the priest is called to do. That's right. That's Very right. good. Yeah. So in addition to that experience, that was also the year of my confirmation so Bishop Campbell on mm-hmm. the 14th of February, 2010. Not many rem- people can remember those dates. <laughs> well, Bishop Campbell remembers his date, so I made sure to remember <laughs> mine also. Um, so that year I was confirmed, and I think he always gave a little spiel at the very end about vocations. Mm. I'm sure when he was giving that at the time, I wasn't paying very much attention <laughs> because it was the end of Mass. Okay, we've done this. I'm ready to go to the party and eat my cake. <laughs> but... Um, I attribute a lot to that of growing in the faith and just becoming more interested in it just through that witness of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. um, with those new gifts poured into my life. And a seed was planted yes. at that time. Yes, I think so. So then um, you would have graduated from grade school, moved on to high school. That's correct. Um, and where did you go to high school? I went to St. Charles here in Columbus for okay. high school, um, which is a good Catholic school. There were lots of um, things there and people there who... Uh, supported me in my vocation and helped me grow in my faith. Um, all of the theology teachers there were very supportive. Um, they loved that they had someone who was 
more interested in the religion class than mm-hmm. maybe the average student would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so talking with them and exploring different topics of the faith and relating to that in my own life throughout high school was certainly uh, formative there. Great. Mm-hmm. When you were in high school then, um, what were you know some of your main interests that really helped you to keep growing and honing in on, you know, what you were thinking of doing for the rest of your life and, you know, where you wanted to, you know, apply your energy and your passion in the future? What were some of the things you did in high school that helped you kind of discern that? Sure. I think probably the biggest thing that helped me kind of deepen my relationship with God, my sense of vocation was um, serving mass. Mm -hmm. So um, I was the server core for daily mass over the summers. I remember when Father Hoover came to the parish um, right before my senior year of high school, his first day, and you know he comes over for, it was a Wednesday morning, Wednesday morning mass, and I was there vested, ready to go, as I always was, and he comes in and, oh, hi, Father Hoover, nice to meet you. Yeah, Jacob, nice to meet you too. And he says, so is there a group of you that serves mass? <laughs> you just here today? And I said, no, I am your daily mass <laughs> server core. <laughs> So that was that was wonderful, getting to spend that time with the priest before and after Mass. It mm-hmm. wasn't very long, um, but just to have that priestly presence around was always confirming in my vocation of, Good. okay, here's a great witness, here's what he does. It's not sort of that formal relationship that you might have mm-hmm. during Mass. It's much more intimate and informal and right. you personal. To see the priest do the typical things that you expect a priest to do, but you also were having some time to get to know him, you know, as a man and just see exactly. him, you know, in his off hours, if you will. Sure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Very good. Yeah. So that was wonderful. And um, I helped train servers in the parish um, and all those other sorts of things that you do as a, as a mass server. So you started taking on some leadership roles even when you were in high school. Correct. Correct. Very good. Now, after high school, did you go straight into seminary? That's right. So my senior year of high school, I was doing my college application to seminary, um, going through that whole long process, as we are familiar. And so I applied to the Josephinum and was accepted um, towards the end of the school year, my senior year of high school. And that August, right after I graduated from St. Charles, I showed up for school at the Josephinum. Mm -hmm. You're listening to The Seminarian's Show on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Brian Smith from the Diocese of Youngstown. Joining me in the studio is Jacob Stinnett from the Diocese of Columbus. Today we're talking about Jacob's vocation story. We just heard how Jacob entered the seminary right after high school. So I was wondering, Jacob, if you could tell us a little bit about just how you got to that final decision of, I'm going to apply, I'm going to enter, I feel called to be a priest. Um, Nowadays, especially, I think people say, oh, well, you know, you need to get some experience in the world. You're just 18. How can you be so sure about this? You know, what gave you that certainty? I think that's a good question. And a question that a lot of young people who may be discerning a vocation would have, how do I know I'm ready? The short answer is, you don't. Um, all of all vocations, whether it's to priesthood, religious life, or marriage, there's got to be some sort of leap of faith. You have to place mm-hmm. your trust in God at some point and say, okay, I'm going to go do this. The good part about seminary, if, 
for you and for me, it'll be a seven-year process. You have right. seven years of intentional formation, of intentional community living, of intentional prayer to figure out, is this right for me? Is this, what's God, is, is this what God is calling me to? Um, so you don't have to be 100% sure when you, that first day when you enter the college or enter the pre-theology program. Um, I certainly wasn't. Yeah. I had a good, a good sense that, yeah, I think this is what God's calling me to do. And over five years later, I'm still here. So um, that's been confirmed throughout my time in seminary. But certainly you don't have to be sure. You just have to be open to listen. Um, I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. And it's something that I've appreciated hearing throughout the years of seminary formation that, um, you know, we're not priests yet. Right. Certainly that's what we're thinking about, striving towards. But we have other ways that we need to grow. And, you know, even those men that have left seminary leave better men. Exactly. And, um, you know, just striving to be faithful to God and striving to really understand more and more what it means to be a priest um, is a big part of seminary. And um, it's good to recognize that you don't have to have that 100% certainty in order to take that first step. Exactly. Anyone who goes to seminary, even if they're not called to be a priest in the end, will come out a better Catholic man Mm -hmm. because he's had that time of prayer, of intimacy with Jesus, that he's going to, he's going to see the world more through a Catholic lens, I would say, which is what the church wants all Catholics to do is see the world as the church sees it, which is how the world is. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned so far two of the priests and one seminarian from your time at your home parish, Immaculate Conception, right? That's right. I was wondering if there were any other really important mentors that influenced you in this whole process of discernment, either before or since you've been become a seminarian. Like, What were some of the most influential people in helping you develop your idea of what a priest is? That's a good question. I think I've gotten... As I've gone through seminary, I've built up relationships with many of the priests of the diocese. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of people like Father Bob Ben Hallerick over at St. Brendan's or Father Jan Sullivan, people that I've spent summers with. Um, right, because since becoming a seminarian during the summers, we don't have class, right? Exactly. So we usually get to spend that time, you know, good eight weeks or so out in the parish with a priest as a mentor and learning both from that priest and from the experience that we get there. Exactly. Um, Good. Yeah. So I would, during the summers, we were assigned to a parish usually for about 10 weeks or so. And you live in the rectory with the priest. Mm-hmm. You either follow the priest around, seeing him in his ministry, um, just riding in the car with him and talking about uh, priesthood, about Catholic living, or just life in general. Mm-hmm. Priests are people too, so they have they have things to say about all sorts of things that aren't necessarily, you know, Catholic dogma mm-hmm. or what's their favorite mystery of the rosary more I don't know personal things what's for dinner right exactly <laughs> where are we going to go for dinner <laughs> all those sorts of fun questions so yeah definitely my summer assignments have been very formative um, and building up those friendships with priests so there's somebody to turn to if I have questions about something or I never considered this aspect of priesthood before how does it work in your life um, things like that so, yeah, that certainly has been helpful. 
um, especially since I've been in seminary. Good. Since you have entered the seminary then, um, I was wondering if you could say, what are some of the things that you've really learned about priests or about being a priest that um, you might not have appreciated so much before you entered? Basically, I'm wondering, what are some of the ways that you feel that you've grown the most, you know, striving towards the priesthood, striving toward being a faithful servant of Christ as a priest in the church. Probably the biggest thing that I've learned about priests is that they're people. They aren't living up on this pedestal of perfection. They have their faults. They have their personalities too. So some priests are very outgoing. They love working with the youth. They can go, go, go Mm -hmm. all day, which is awesome. We need priests like that. It's a blessing that we have them. Um, Other priests take a little bit slower. They're going to be more methodical, they like to think things out, and you know we need priests like that also in the church. So seeing the the diversity of personalities, I think, has been really beautiful because I think oftentimes we want to lump all priests together as if all mm-hmm. priests are going to be the same, um, and they're not. Right. They're, that's that's especially a risk that we run. You know, growing up at our home parish, we've seen a few models of what a priest is, and then getting into seminary, we get exposed at the seminary. You know, to a, a number of priests who are on faculty. And then every summer with our assignments and then just throughout the year, even meeting different priests, learning from their experience, either directly or just from the stories they can tell us. And that's always very helpful. You know, when we see the variety of examples of a priest, we can start extracting from all these examples, you know, what is at the heart of being a priest? Exactly. Exactly. That's really good. I think one thing that I've pulled from all these experiences and friendships with all these different priests is the heart of the priesthood is prayer, prayer especially for the people that he takes care of, mm-hmm. his flock. Um, all of the priests that I've met and got to work with and have made friendships with, that's one thing that they all have in common. They all spend time every day praying both for themselves and their own sanctification and holiness and also for all the people they minister to. So that's something that's definitely important to any vocation, right. prayer, intimacy with the Lord. Um, but there's that intercession by the priest for his people that's so important to a priestly vocation mm-hmm. and, and priestly ministry. Certainly prayer is you know, the foundation of the Christian life. But then we think of the priest as a mediator, just like Christ is a mediator, going between yes. God and people, between God and man. And, you know, we're called to do that like Christ did. Christ who brings God to us here on earth and also takes us and our concerns to the Father. The priest is called to do that in a special way. Right. I think everyone has that expectation, you know, all Christians are praying people. Mm -hmm. But they have an expectation that their priest prays more or, I don't know, prays better, whatever that means. Um, We have a higher expectation for him because... That's his calling specifically right. in life, is that um, mediatorship um, between his people and God. That's what he gives his life over to. Yes. Very good. So you're hoping, I'm hoping, we're all hoping, that soon you'll be a deacon and we'll be entering our last year of seminary together. So, you know, what are some of the things that 
you're most thinking about in this last year of seminary um, that you would like to learn or, you know, experiences you feel like would benefit you the most as you really prepare for that final step, you know, becoming a priest, leaving seminary, leaving those four walls of the Josephinum and going out into the world and, and being a priest. What are some of the things that, you know, you really want to focus on in the time that you have left as a seminarian, your preparation? Probably the biggest thing, and this is something that I've been working on my whole time in seminary, and even before, is just continually deepening my prayer life, um, exploring new devotions, whether it be the rosary or the Divine Mercy Chaplet or spiritual reading, just continuing to build up that love of God in my heart, and especially being able to translate that into seeing the world as a blessing, seeing all those graced moments throughout Mm. the day. Um, That way you can help other people also to see those things because you're especially attentive to them. Exactly. And I think the other thing that I, you know, was hearing while you were just talking was that, um, you know, the time in seminary is a really privileged time. And I guess what I mean by privilege is that, you know, not everyone has a luxury that we do of just kind of dedicating so much time of their day of their lives to reading, to study, and to prayer. Um, the life of a priest is busy. Right. So after we leave seminary, we won't have so much free time <laughs> to do those things. For, I say free time, but I just mean like time at our disposal right. to do all these things to help us to, to grow intellectually and spiritually. There so, isn't the, the daily horarium that we have at seminary where here's your time for study. Mm-hmm. That's what this time's devoted to. You know, mm-hmm. every day, 445, we have holy hour. It's not necessarily going to be like that in so, all the parishes. So putting a lot of effort into that right now is really focusing on the future because the growth that we have now in seminary is going to yield its fruit, you know, in the the priesthood that we hope to have out in, in the world. Right. So that's that's good. It's good to be thinking about those things. Yeah, it's it's about building up that habit while we have the time dedicated to it so that we, we realize how much we need it when we're out in the world making up our own daily schedules that we intentionally block out, okay, I need half an hour for prayer in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like that's one of those Mm -hmm. non-negotiables. Building up that habit and appreciating it, not just something that, okay, this is what I have to do to be a priest. No, this is what I want to do. This is what I need Mm -hmm. to do. This is how I'm going to be an effective instrument in the hands of God. So that leads me to perhaps a final question. You know, you speak about being effective, being the best priest. A lot of that depends on the support that we receive, too. In our time in seminary, especially, and even before we were seminarians, as we were thinking about this, you know, what has been or who have been some of those most important sources of support for you, outside of those mentors that we already talked about? Right. Priest mentors are always integral to a priestly vocation. Mm -hmm. My family has been very supportive um, from the very beginning when I first approached them in eighth grade saying, hey, mom and dad, I'm thinking about this. What a blessing. Yeah, exactly. Um, And they were like, that's beautiful. Thank you. Um, And they've been there the whole time for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Helped me grow in the faith. Helped me, I mean, they were the ones who taught me how to pray. They were the ones who introduced that first relationship with God. I remember growing up, you know, they would, mom and dad would come and tuck me into bed at night and we would always say a couple prayers and we'd 
go back through the day, okay, what was I thankful for that day? Mm. Um, just making those sort of little lists. Mm-hmm. Um, Developing those habits of prayer, of thankfulness and petition, you know, and praising God, exactly. even from a young age. Mm-hmm. That's so, beautiful. Yeah, my parents have certainly been a big support. Uh, the parish community has always um, been behind me. Um, we have a, a great love for seminarians at Immaculate Conception. We've all, Since my time in seminary, I've never been the only one from my home parish. Oh, wow. So there's a great um, praying community, and um, it's a great place to go to pray. We have the uh, Perpetual Adoration Chapel, which has certainly helped promote vocations in the yeah, parish. That's something we perhaps don't have time to talk about in detail, but that's usually very influential in the life of a discerner. You know, the exposure that one has to just spending time with our Lord. In yes. adoration. Yes, it's, it's necessary mm-hmm. um, to build up that relationship, that intimacy. Um, I think probably the last group of people are just, you make connections throughout your time in seminary. Mm-hmm. Good Catholic families love seminarians, so they, they reach out to you, it <laughs> seems. Um, they welcome you into their homes, into their lives, um, and you see an appreciation for Catholic family life and... Through discerning that, okay, God, am I called to this? This is such a beautiful vocation mm-hmm. also. Um, but I've always felt the call priesthood as serving the family. Yeah. Um, building yeah. them up, praying for them, bringing them the sacraments. It's funny how when you pursue a vocation of the priesthood, the other vocations don't become less attractive or less beautiful. <laughs> exactly. You see them more clearly for what they are and what their worth is. Yes, their they're infinite worth. And I've also been humbled by so many people who have just reached out, you know, unexpectedly. Right. You get that sometimes just random letter in the mail. I don't know who this person is, Mm -hmm. but they've written to me. They're praying for me. And so it's always great to be able to write back a little thank you note. And sometimes these build up relationships of pen pals uh, throughout Mm -hmm. your time in seminary. Or other times it's just they just wanted to drop a note. Just let you know, hey, we're out there praying for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Keep it up. Even something so small can be very important and very impactful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing some of those details of your life and your discernment of the vocations of the priesthood today. And thank everyone for joining us on our seminarian show today. I'm Brian Smith from the Diocese of Youngstown. Joining me today was Jacob Stinnett from the Diocese of Columbus. All of our episodes are available online and on demand at saintgabrielradio.com. Let us close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We turn to our Blessed Mother, who knew how to receive the call of God and give her yes to that call. As we say, Hail Mary, full Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Seminarians is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of The Seminarians and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.